1: we got all the latest from both camps ahead of Saturday's grand final. Michael Voss, Robert Harvey. We've got signings, trade news, you name it, on what's been uh, an almighty day uh, in Melbourne, to say the very least. Time on your say on the news of the day. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can in uh, the circumstances you're in, however you're listening and wherever you're listening from. Uh, it's great to have your company. The phone number, of course, 1300 736 736. The text machine, 0433 98 1116. It's been a confronting day, hasn't it? Um, we've got a little look today in Melbourne. Um, for those in Melbourne where we're based here, um, we've got a little look today, at just a little look at the the worst of Mother Nature and for the second day in a row... Of human nature, as well. So it's 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 hard not to be a little flat with uh, with the events of today, um, especially when you see when you go through that just that ten seconds of fear of what is this when the building around you starts rocking back and forth and shaking, and uh, and then when you see the events today at the the Shrine of Remembrance, a, a sacred site, and to see what happened there today was really difficult to watch. Um And your mind sort of goes to you know whether it be my grandfather who served in World War two or um a grandmother whose um family's house in Dulwich was able to survive bombs being dropped on it during the second world war and um you go to you think of the the men and women in today 's armed services and how they would have felt watching that today and you know i'm not going to get on here and cast judgment, and that 's not what this show's all about. we're here to talk about sport, but it is really hard to. Uh, ignore uh, what you see today, and especially at a place like the monument, which is, you know, it's there to pay tribute to the very best of us. That um, it honors moments in history that helped shape the world and shape this country and the foundations on which it was built. Um, it's a, a testament to the to the very best of us uh, and best, um, you know, the incredible men and women who served. Um, who made the ultimate of sacrifices, the needs of the many above the few, the definition of selflessness, the greater good, um, not the good of yourself. And, and those are the things you think of when you look at the Shrine. So it was difficult to watch that unfold today. at um, a, a place that we deem to be sacred um, and, a, and an important monument uh, to our history and to the people that helped shape it. So... Yeah, we're, we are just a, a little bit affected um, by that today. So I want to start off by th- doing what I do uh, every show, and that's to thank the people that are really fighting for our freedom, those who got tested today, those who got vaccinated, all the frontline workers doing an amazing job and everybody doing the right thing. And I'm thinking of you if you haven't been out to work at all for the last couple of years um, and, and you're there doing the right things. And uh, So I know that you're doing it tough and, and I'm, I'm thinking of you in, in these times uh, as well. I did see a meme today to... Um, Just lighten things up ever so slightly. I did see a meme today from someone saying, if we are going to have protests, why can't the music and the theatre industry protest? (laughs) I mean, at the very least, it would be very entertaining. I mean, it would be quite flamboyant, wouldn't it, the the theatre protest and and the music protest. I mean, at least it would have a good soundtrack. Um... I did see that meme today and it did give me pause for thought. Where were you today when the ground shook and what went through your mind? Uh, I'd love to hear from you on that too before we get into the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen 736 736 off the temper text, temper and mattress like no other. So how, where, what was happening for you in that moment? I'll briefly tell you where I was and, and I got home from work last night about 11 o'clock. So I'm a bit slow to get going in the morning, and I I was lying in bed. I'm uh, not in bed. I was up, but I'd got I'd got up, and I was on top of the bed. So I wouldn't say I was in bed. wasn't fully clothed, and when the building starts to shake and the ground starts rocking, I turned forty earlier this year. And I've realized now that I've gone from 40 to 60 in a very quick time because I thought, I thought someone was actually doing work on the building and, and we hadn't been told. So I did the old, and you've seen your father do this, you've seen your grandfather do this, maybe your great grandfather. I did the, what the bloody hell's going on out there? <laughs> and I got up and shirtless and walked out the back, and no one wants to see that. The poor lady lives above me, is on her balcony, fearing what on earth was happening, and sees me come out in various states of undress. And um, that, you know, to make her day even worse, I apologise to her. But um, it, was, it was pretty scary, wasn't it? It was pretty scary. And, and this is how it, it went to air uh, on, on SEN and, and SEN track. Jared Whateley was on air at the time. Did we just get hit by an earthquake? That was uh, that was amazing. Um, The building fully shook.
4: The glasses on the shelf are rocking back and forwards. I've never felt a tremor like that in Melbourne before. Are we all in? Did we
1: all feel that? That was a proper earthquake. Um, blimey, blimey indeed, Jared. Blimey indeed. And we did see that, and sadly, there's been some some damage done around the place, and we don't make light of that at all. And um, and certainly hope that no one was injured or hurt. And I've got people texting in saying that they were, you know, there was a um, they were in their factory, and there was a crane on the roof. Um, that's that is scary. Um, so keep those texts coming through zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text temper a mattress like no other one three hundred seven three six Seven three six as well. I, I had one, one. thing that did gave, give me a real laugh today was Andrew Bensley on Sen Track. Have a listen to Andrew Bensley, and you can find the moment. You, you will hear the moment where I burst out laughing. Uh, I was in a, another compromised uh, position when I was listening to this, um, and I was just—I was in the bathroom, and, and when I heard this, I, I, I laughed out loud.
5: We are in a Melbourne studio, and we are going through. I reckon an earthquake here or something on air. Our building is literally shaking. Uh, Matt, uh, this is frightening, to be honest, because it's lasting a long time. But
1: uh, it's $6.50 at the moment. Got to dance a lot. This is frightening, but it's six dollars fifty at the moment. The ultimate professional, Andrew Bensley. The building is shaking in its very foundations, but he did not want you not to know the current price of that particular runner today. I, I had to laugh when I heard that. That, that was absolutely hilarious. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Michael's in Reservoir. Uh, g'day to you, Michael. <laughs>
0: I don't. I don't think um, that Horse won, by the way, either.
1: <laughs> uh, it was very, very, very you know good what? work they from Ben. They got to
0: play on all the news services, so did it really plug out there for Hutchie and SCN?
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. Where were you today when um, uh, when the earth shook?
0: Well, I worked um, night shift and I got home, home and that um, and. I was in bed and I literally thought I had an intruder in my place because my bed shook, you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. Uh, And uh, how long did it last where you were? Because from what we understand Uh, now, it was obviously... 12
0: seconds or I live in Reservoir. Yep. But I literally felt it like felt it. So, yeah, you felt like the full brunt of it.
1: Yeah, no, well said, Michael. I'm um, glad you're okay. Uh, off the text, I was standing uh, next to my work colleague who was sitting down and uh, and thought I was trying to push him off his chair. That's from Daryl in Ballarat. Um, my partner, the beautiful Evie, by the way, was telling everyone that I screamed when it happened, which was not true at all. I sprung into action. Um, by the way, the, the there's uh, people have been calling in today talking about Their, their, the the way that their dogs and animals responded because apparently animals sense this before we do. Um, And there was someone who called in earlier today, I think it was either with uh, Dwayne or Bob and Andy, and she said that her puppy started acting really strange before it happened. Our Cavoodle, Zoe, yes, I do have that very masculine breed. Uh, Our our Cavoodle, Zoe, nothing, Not, not, not even an acknowledgement. She thought we were off going for a walk when she saw me jump up. No response. So we know that in a crisis, our dog Zoe, who barks when she sees dogs on TV, um, but then cowers when she sees them out in the real world, um, she's going to be no use to us um, when when uh, when we need her to be. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Righto. To sport now. Um, the, the biggest story probably today is that it's giving us. Just a little cause for concern um, other than uh, the the 5.9 magnitude earthquake, as we talked about before, started in Mansfield and was at a depth of about 10 kilometres. Felt far and wide, apparently. Perth's had a, sco- a COVID scare today. A truck driver from New South Wales who, who entered Western Australia has returned a positive COVID test ahead of the grand final. Authorities saying at this stage it won't impact the grand final in Perth on Saturday night. The driver spent 48 hours in WA, so that's going to really be a... Watch this space. A uh, uh, wait and see. Um, so we just keep our fingers, our toes, and everything we can cross that we get to. Um, we get to Saturday, and we're all clear, and that we can have um, a full crowd. We know it's a, a sellout at Optus Stadium. Um, Perth has done a magnificent job in picking up the mantle to embrace Grand Final week or the last two weeks, and um, the city is absolutely a buzz at the moment. So let's just just hope beyond hope that we are going to be okay um, with that one. 736 one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh hi Sam, I yelled at my cat because I thought he was clawing um, my bed then I saw all three cats going uh, berserk too. Uh, good work too uh, on the opening comments. Brendan, thank you very much. Keep those coming through. Uh, by the way, today, when we get into your, your calls, because time on is your say uh, on the news of the day. Uh, so we'll get into the sport uh, in earnest now and there's a heap to get through because we've had a lot of players front the media today. Uh, we've had uh, on our station alone, we've had a lot of people uh, making the news uh, from a sporting point of view. Um, so give us a call, one Your chance to to win today prizes. We've got a prize here uh, on time on. It's been a little while, but we've got a six pack of Furphy footy pies, and a big thanks to the very good people at Furphy who are delivering free pies this weekend to celebrate Melbourne in the grand final. So the best caller tonight, as judged by Aaron Trepper, producer Julio, um, will go home well, you're at home, but we'll have sent to your home six-pack of Furfy footy pies and a very big thank you to the wonderful people at Furphy who are delivering free pies this weekend to celebrate Melbourne in the grand final. So on the other side of this, uh, let me just set the scene for you. Christian Petrarca... Uh, Josh Bruce, Angus Brayshaw, Lockie Hunter, Kate Roffey, Chris Grant, Robert Harvey. Those are the names uh, of the people that you'll all hear from next. But I really do want to hear from you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736
5: This is Time On. SEN. It's only natural to, f- to feel, to feel a, a tinge of sadness and a tinge of jealousy. And, you know, there was games where I burst into tears after the Brisbane game. Um, you know, I just burst into tears at the final try and I was... Uh, I couldn't hold it back. I was just, I just felt, um, you know, just such a longing to be there and to be involved in in finals like that. It just, I feel like that. Um, you know, I thought that this year was going to be the year for me. You know, everything seemed to be lining up perfectly, and and to have it ripped away at the last minute, it, it's been, it's been bloody tough to deal with. But you know, I've had nearly, nearly two months now to kind of process a little bit, and you know, I still have. I still have moments in, the, in every single day, but um, it, it is getting slightly easier, and I've, uh, I've moved on to just wishing the team to have as much success as we can. And it was uh, I was in at the club um, doing some rehab stuff on a knee, and I'm um, doing some coaching with the AFL Women's as well, so um, I had a little bit of time to kill in between those two. Uh Those two things, and uh, the, the guys up there are just getting absolutely smashed with uh, with merchandise purchases, which is just fantastic to see. And um, you know, the entire Barker's cafe there is just a wash with uh, merchandise and postage and all sorts of stuff. So I Sat down for a little bit of time and uh, had a chinwag and helped out a little bit. I mean, I definitely wasn't there for for eight hours, and, and Bainesy put a little bit of mayo on it, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: Uh, That was Josh Bruce with Jerry Waitley today talking first about missing the grand final and how he's dealt with that over the last couple of months, the tears that he was reduced to after the Brisbane game uh, and then helping out with the Bulldogs merchandise department, uh, rolling up the sleeves, getting his hands dirty. Um, I've had the the, the pleasure of interviewing Josh Bruce a couple of times and every time I do, I like him even more. He is one of the really good people uh, in football. and uh and there's always a there is always a hard luck story isn't there last night we spoke about on sporting capital give me the feel good story give me you know the the one that's going to tug the heartstrings if if depending on which team's going to win who's going to be you know the tearjerker story the you know the the one that's going to give you the warm and fuzzies well on the flip side of that there's always the the heartache and and that's certainly uh Josh Bruce is certainly one of those this year um and and what a what a great display of his character you know um to know that you're going to miss but to still want to be a part of it in any way, shape or form, even to go and you know, help out and, uh, with the merchandise department. That's what makes great footy clubs, isn't it? That's, when you hear that, if you're a Dogs fan, you, you, you love that for so many different reasons but also too because that's what you want your footy club to be. That's what you want your workplace to be. You know, especially at, at times like this, people say, yeah, look, that's not technically my job but let me give you a hand. Uh, I, I love that. That's exactly the kind of things that we want to celebrate uh, in footy. Rachel's in Doncaster. Hello, Rachel. Hi there. Hi. Hi. I'm just
6: calling up wanting to um, just, I'm excited about all the joy the grand finals bringing us all in lockdown. Um, and just a really lovely focus that's giving us all at this time. Mm. Um, I've got three small kids, and we have been painting demon flags and putting them up on the windows. Yes, spotting all the houses with all the decorations as we do our walks, and oh, it's just been a really lovely distraction from homeschooling.
1: <laughs> and tell me, tell me, what number the kid are you doing? Numbers of players, or who are they? Who do you who do, who do your kids love the most from the D's?
6: So. Um, Loving Gorn, of course.
1: How could you not? I love
6: Gorn and I like Patarka. So, of course, we talk about both of them a lot in the house. Um, and also, uh, Patarka grew up in our area. So, being online, looking at, you know, where you went to school, all that sort of stuff. So, it's just brought us a really lovely distraction <laughs> around this hard time of year.
1: Absolutely. Well, Rachel, can I um, try and uh, help you out just a little bit? I know that I said I'd leave this up to Julio, but I've got a few of these to give away now. So, uh, just to make your grand final day even better with you and the kids, uh, six-pack of Furfy footy pies, thanks to Furfy, who are oh, delivering free pies you. this weekend. You can't have a grand final day without pies, can you? No, and that will
6: be amazing and the kids will love it. Thank you so
1: much. No, that's my pleasure, Rachel. Thank you so much for calling. Enjoy grand final day and uh, and the build-up to it. Um, it I think it's with with the kids at home at the moment, as it has been for a long time, It is these days can, are so important right now, aren't they? Because you can fill a week, and it seems like that's what Rachel's uh, doing with her kids uh, at the moment, which is beautiful to hear. one uh 736 Uh Harry in Eltham with a, with a special guest co-host. Who have you got there with you, Harry? Dad. I've got Dad with me. Oh, hang on! I've, I've got, got you around the wrong is. way. So, Dad's Nathan and and Harry. You're you're the star of the show. That's it. Yeah. How are you guys? Oh, yeah,
0: Sam. Yeah, we're good, mate. We've are uh, just sitting here. Um, we've been. Uh, this is Dad. We've been.
1: Uh, <laughs> I I, I well, gathered man. that. I gathered that, Nathan. If that, if a nine year old that, had yeah. a voice that deep, I'd go <laughs> well. We,
0: we've we've uh, we're sat here. We're thinking. We're thinking we, you know, we were hoping the grand finals last week because we would have absolutely won it then. It's a bit more of a contest now. But um, Harry wants to talk to you, Sam, so I'll let
3: Harry take
1: over. Harry, hello, mate. Um, What have you got for me?
6: Melbourne should win the grand final.
1: Tell me why.
6: Because I'm nine years old and it's going to fill the drought of the long time that I've been alive to win it.
1: Uh, I reckon the nine year drought's
3: over drought for instance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> hey, you can only, Harry, you can only see the world through the lens that you currently have, and I totally respect that. Do you know that it lasts a little bit longer than that, Harry, the drought and how long it's gone for? Yeah.
6: <laughs> no,
1: well, Harry, I hope for your sake and for anyone that's your age, younger or older, because the drought is all dependent on how long you've been alive for it um, Yours is a nine-year, for some it's a 57-year, and there's every number in between. Um, good luck, guys uh, I hope it's a, a really happy day for you Thanks for calling, and um, why don't I make your day a little bit better on grand final day too A six-pack of Furphy footy pies for, for you guys
0: Legend, thanks, Sam
1: No worries. Good on you, Harry
0: See
6: ya.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Thanks. Oh, it's my pleasure, mate. Lovely manners. Uh, that's good. That's, that's putting a smile on the face for all the, the, the right reasons today. Uh, so, Josh Bruce on the station today. Dale Morris was with Dwayne Russell today. And for, for Bulldogs fans, um, he's one of the most revered dogs, I reckon. Um, folklore is a wonderful thing in footy, and when you lay claim delaying... laying, and I'll ask you: is give me the nominations? But because we we always talk about what's the greatest mark ever taken in a grand final, what's the greatest goal ever kicked in a grand final? Um, you know what are the great, whatever's in a grand final? What's the greatest tackle in a grand final? Surely, surely Dale Morris is in the top couple, if not at the very top of that tree. I can think of a couple more, but I don't want to steal them. So if Dale Morris isn't isn't the best tackle on grand final day ever laid, then tell me whos one 736 736 433 98, The tackle on Buddy opens the door for Tom Boyd to step through and then Dennis Cometti, the, just the perfect soundtrack to that moment, wasn't it? The stadium holds its breath and the western suburbs erupt. Dale Morris was on with Dwayne today, uh, comparing this year's dog side to the 2016 dog side.
7: Oh, definitely. There's a lot of similarities coming into this game. You've got the outside the top four. You've got the injuries coming into the final series. You've got winning uh, away as well on top of everything else. So, um, you know, it's it's still very, very exciting. The guys are forging their own destiny here this time around. But um, there are those similarities to 2016 for sure.
1: He went on to talk about, and this has been a, a big topic of conversation, hasn't it? Max Gorn. So, um, who's done Nick Rewalt? Jonathan Brown uh, on the couch on Monday. Then Matty Lloyd, footy classified on Monday. So a lot of people are really um, focusing in on what Port Adelaide did a couple of years ago to Max Gorn and the really physical nature which Scott Lysett and the other players went after Max uh, and whether or not that's a tactic that should be employed going into this grand final. Um, Dale Morris, uh, maybe not exactly on that, but he talked about limiting Max Gorn's impact uh, in this game.
7: I think the big, the big battle and the key battle um, for us is going to be in the ruck. Um, we, as a team, we want to keep that ball in, in close in the contest in the centre bounce, so then our mids can get to work. You're seeing how elite Libba's hands are, and how he, how he's able to find teammates that I don't even know how he sees it. Um, and our ball users out of the midfield. You're talking Bont, McRae, Hunter, Bailey, Smith, Josh Dunkley, Tro we, we bat very deep. Um, so our strength is definitely our midfield. So if we can limit the impact of Gorn with his with his hits, with his taps, and keep that ball tighter inside, um, it will be getting more inside 50s and putting um, the Melbourne defence under pressure. Uh, but if Melbourne are getting those outside hits and their mids are getting shoulders out of the contest, uh, their forwards are going to be very, very hard to contain.
1: Dale Morris with Dwayne Russell a little earlier today. Uh, so, from a Melbourne point of view, Christian uh, Petrarca had a press conference today and he spoke about a few things. One of those that I was really interested in because I think it's going to be, and it's often cliched, but this is two elite midfields meeting, two absolute A grade midfields going head to uh, head. Christian Petrarca will be. Uh, just think of these matchups Viney on Liber, Petrarca on Bontempelli, Oliver on McRae. And then you've got Martin and Gorn in the ruck. Uh, does it get any better? Does it get any better? That's uh, that is, that is that's just mouth-watering in and of itself. Uh, and just one part to the, what makes up many of, of how this game will be won or lost. Christian Petrarca spoke about the midfield battle.
2: Oh, no doubt. It's going to be exciting. Um, yeah. They arguably got probably the best midfield in the group in the comp, and um, you know their, their depth is uh, really strong. But um, we just got to go in and back our structure and our system. Um, you know we probably got the better of them the first time, and then the second time they got the better of us. So it's uh, it's going to be an exciting battle.
1: And he also went on to have a little chat about uh, Simon Goodwin's impact uh, on him and and on this Melbourne team.
2: Simon Goodwin, of course, uh, last night named uh, the coach association coach of the year. Oh, Goody's like a second dad to me, um, he, yeah, he's, he's pretty special to me, um, ever since I've got to the club, he's always backed me in, uh, those years where I wasn't playing some great footy and was pretty down on confidence, he's always been there to pick me up, um, always backed me in, never dropped me, which is good, um, but uh, no, he's always he's always been an humble leader, unbelievable leader and um, someone that I've always found quite um, frustrating in terms of why he coped so much criticism, um, you know, he's, he's always been there for us boys and... Um, you know, he's just a human being as well. We last year was a frustrating time for all of us and two years ago as well. And um, to, to see the criticism he caught was, was quite unfair. And um, to see him now being the AFL Coach of the Year, is, uh, uh, it's pretty special, yeah. Uh,
1: and this is a theme that's been with Melbourne all year. And it's something that the players have been really keen to talk about. I heard Clayton Oliver discuss uh, the conversation that he had during the, the offseason with Simon Goodwin about becoming a more selfless player. Um, about doing more for his other midfielders, and that's been something that I think is a conversation that we've heard that Simon Goodwin's had with that whole midfield group. Uh, and Christian Petrarca spoke about the selflessness of the group today.
2: Yeah, it's not just Clayton and myself. I mean, you know, Angus and I have been here for a long, long time. You know, Gorni. Um, you know, so many guys have been here before. You know, we've had this success, and um, you know, we made a commitment over the break, over the off season, to sort of come back and put actions, put words into actions, and. You know, to fulfill that and to be here, um, you know, it's pretty surreal. Um, and just to see how quickly we can turn it around and, um, you know, the selflessness of the group, you know, so many guys are accepting their role and just playing their role for the team. And, um, you know, I'm pretty fortunate, you know, in my position, um, you know, I get to sort of play the way I want to play. And there's so many guys, you know, who allow me to play that, you know, Tom Sparrow, um, James Harms and guys like that. Um, we wouldn't be a team. We wouldn't be here where we are if it wasn't for those guys. Christian Petrarca speaking at his press
1: conference today. So still heaps to get through. Um, quickly, before we go to a break, uh, a couple of people wanting to give their nominations for tackle uh, of the year. So a couple off the t- best tackle ever in a grand final. I've thrown up Dale Morris because I don't want Hawthorne Bias uh, to, to... I don't want to be accused of Hawthorne Bias. So I'll go with Dale Morris in the 2016 grand final on Buddy that results in a goal. Had a lot of elements to it. It was the, it was the, it was the sealer, you'd think, uh, in that game. Uh, Michael says Surioli's tackle... Uh, in the 2015 Grand Final uh, against the Eagles. Uh, I've just got that up in front of me now. Uh, so that's at about the 13-minute mark. Hutchings coming out of defensive 50 and Cyril ran him down. He got the handball. Well, that's Eagles fans don't like that because they think he got the handball away, but he was pinged and Surioli went on to win the Norm Smith medal that year. Brad Ottens, the wing, the chase down a grand final against Port Adelaide on Pettigrew. That's from Darrell in Ballarat. Very good tackle. They didn't get a goal out of it, I don't think. So it might lose on some points. One three hundred seven three six. Steve says Ottens and Pettigrew as well. Uh, Cyril in the 2008 grand final. Yeah, that one's a ripper too. I'm going to bring that up uh, in just a moment as well. But Lisa's in Mornington. G'day, Lisa.
6: I just wanted to bring up a great grand final moment that I think probably the the desire to stop a goal by a great um, goal kicker it was the uh, um, 2010 um, St Kilda versus Collingwood grand final, the first one where he Shaw chased down Nick Rewald and made that great smother.
1: Phenomenal. One of the great grand final moments in history. Couldn't agree with you more, Lisa. And the, and again, Dennis Cometti <laughs> crept up behind him like a librarian. Uh, how good? Yeah.
6: And I think also I'd just like to say it's so great to have two Victorian teams in the grand final this weekend and good luck to both of them.
1: Uh, well said, Lisa. For only the second time in the 18-team era that we've had two Victorian teams in the grand final and would you believe they've been the last two years so an all-Victorian grand final both times played out of Victoria That Cyril Tackle he, that's at a moment in the third quarter About seven minutes to go in it where it's a three-on-one situation and Cyril wins the three-on-one. So it was was knock-ons, it was harassing, it was tackles all in there. It it, it was a key moment in that grand final. So that's absolutely deserving uh, of a nomination for the the greatest tackles in grand final history. Uh, Greg's in Blackburn. Greg, stay there. You're always so patient, but we'll come to you on the other side of this. Um, and keep those calls coming through, one 736 736 Angus Brayshaw, Lockie Hunter, Kate Roffey, the Melbourne President, Chris Grant, Robert Harvey, you'll hear from all of them uh, before we finish up tonight uh, on the, uh, on Time On SEN. 736 98 1116 Off the temper text. Uh, still a heap to get through from uh, the newsmakers uh, and breakers today. And, of course, you'll say on the news of the day, that's what we do on time on. Some great nominations for the greatest tackle ever in a grand final. Um, Jacob Townsend in the 2017 grand final. I'm trying to um, remember back to that one. I'm going to try and bring it up in a moment. Michael Tuck on Peter Matera in 1991. Um, Daniel Chick's grand final with a shepherd uh, to win the game. So I've gone back and had a look at that, and that's a great nomination. So... There's – it's in within the five-minute warning, uh, as it was back in Channel 10 then. Um, Daniel Chick with the ball on the 50 arc uh, for West Coast. They're up by a point at that stage. He lays a tackle. Handball is – is so the player gets a handball off and then Chick follows up with a smother um, that sets up the Hunter goal. Um, it, it's – yeah, it is very worthy of being a nomination for the greatest grand final day tackles. Um and it ended up being a, a one-point win in the end to, to West Coast in that um, of a replay of 2005. Uh, Trent Cotchin's tackle on Shane Mumford in 2019 set the bar to hit hard all day. Great nomination. Speaking of tone setters for the day, who remembers Jared Ruffhead's tackle on Dan Hannabury at the start of the 2014 Grand Final? Oh, and I don't, I don't want to make light of, um, of uh, the tremor that we felt today. That was a 5.9. I reckon Ruffy's hit on Dan Hannabury was probably about a... a I'd say a, at least a 4.0. At least a four. That was a spear for those who are of the those wrestling fans amongst you. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Hey, Greg, thanks for waiting so patiently in Blackburn. Hello, mate.
0: Pleasure, Sam. Only three more uh, sleeps to go for the bees and doggies three faithful. Three more sleeps. Oh, I, I concur with um, Lisa's call. Sure, uh, smother on Rewalt It really set the tone for that whole game. And Dennis Cometti's about the librarian was just a, a classic thing. Mm. The reason I was calling was um, about Dermot Burden, the lovely Derm. i have not following him for many, many years. I've loved how he does. But his his um, program from six to seven about are you okay mm. is quite outstanding. Absolutely. I'm sure the people that listen to it, I've listened to it since the start. I think he's done about eight or nine episodes maybe, maybe more. What a he's found his family's out calling, and I know he's had a really hard life with his family and his dad and suicides. But um, I just can't um, praise him highly enough. Unbelievable section um, that I think helps a lot of people. Sam,
1: hear, hear, Greg. I couldn't have said it any better myself. The conversations at Could Wednesdays at six pm. You can get it at sen.com.au. dot com dot au. Dermot Brereton doing a magnificent job of hosting that show and telling. Those really important stories. David Butterfont was the guest tonight. Collingwood fans would know him as the fitness guru, but he uh, obviously so much more uh, to him than that. And uh, the Are You OK message. Uh, and by the way, if you do listen to that show and, and you, you do start to um, be impacted and affected by it, just remember uh, Lifeline 13, 11, 14, um, Beyond Blue, Are You OK? There's so many great facilities. Uh, got You for Life. These guys are doing a wonderful job in in providing people the the, the help and the care uh, and the services that they need in times that are incredibly difficult um, for a lot of people. Uh, So, yeah, they're they're really important conversations, Greg, and and Dermot's just doing it sensationally. Uh, So, today. if you haven't heard it, very much worth a listen. Angus Brayshaw, another press conference from the D's today. Uh, they've really been—they they got a little whack, I reckon, last week. A couple of people said, "Oh, maybe they're not doing enough." Well, they've put two players up today: Christian Petrarca, Angus Brayshaw, who picked up that theme of selflessness in the midfield group.
8: Probably had more wins this year than all up combined in the rest of my career, so it's easy to sacrifice and I'm speaking on behalf of the group. Easy to sacrifice. As I think Christian touched on when we can actually tangibly see the results. We're winning more games, people are buying into the team concept. Um, it's a weight of numbers now and it's easy. I'm, I'm speaking for myself, I'm sure everyone would say the same. Very easy to you know, go that extra mile do something extra for your mate when um, everyone else is doing it and we're winning. So it's been, um, it's been really enjoyable for me this year playing and. Um, you know, I get a lot of joy watching, I think Christian, I might, I might be, this could be verbatim for what Christian said, I'm enjoying people, watching people play well and succeed and it, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's probably a mindset shift over the last couple of years, that's finally got the weight of numbers on board now and um, I think you're seeing the benefits of that.
1: On the Bulldogs as well,
8: Angus bray Uh Well, Bulldogs and us have had two games this season, both have been hotly contested, uh, they've got a great midfield. Uh, you know, good players all over the ground, and I mean, so do we. I think it's going to be a hard, contested game of footy, which, well, which I think is probably the best, that, the best outcome. We're going to be both rested off the, um, you know, the bye, so the, so there's not going to be no excuses. Hopefully, it's um, you know, a good hard game, but we win is what I, I'm, I'm hoping.
1: Uh, and Angus are also acknowledging the, the club's history and uh, and I suppose the weight of that history, uh, the drought 57 years. We all know that. Um, he spoke about that today as well.
8: Yeah, look we've got a strong contingent of past players who have been um, you know, with us the whole journey. Obviously they played for the club, but earlier in the year, um, sorry, early in pre-season's gone, like they come down and do sessions with us and um, they're really connected. They come in to, and you know, do meetings with us at, from time to time, different individuals. So we've got a strong link to our past and our history, obviously, is the oldest club in the competition. Um, we're acutely aware of you know, where we sit in our situation as it pertains to how long it's been, you know, between drinks for us. So we, um, you know, we're a proud club and, and we're, you know, we're gonna, it, this will mean a lot to a lot of people. It already does. Look, the success that we have is, um, you know, not at all what we, where we want to be so far. You know, obviously, we want to win the whole thing, but um, the joy and happiness I sort of touched on before that we bring people just by, um, you know, being good and winning games is, um, it's, you know, it's a shame it's got to that point, but it's pretty special to be able to make people happy in, in a really hard time like that.
1: Uh, Angus Brayshaw speaking today. Uh, Lockie Hunter um, from the Bulldogs. Uh, he was also Lockie Hunter press conference today. Julio, is that right? Lockie Hunter was a press conference today. Uh, he gave the latest update um, on Alex Keith and Latham Vandermeer.
4: Um, yes, yeah, so they both both trained today. Keith, I'll have his kind of final tick off today, and um, yeah, pretty confident he'll be out there. Um, and Lath trained Lath trained fully the other day, so um, if I had to guess, I'd say they'll both be up for selection.
1: Uh, and on the importance of not letting Max Gorn get around the ground easy. So there's a theme developing here, isn't there? It was set earlier in the week, as I said before, by Jonathan Brown and um, and by Matty Lloyd. And uh, this is the second Bulldog today, or, well, a past player Bulldog, but then a current Bulldog as well, to, to just mention the influence of, of Max Gorn. Obviously, ask the question. Uh, so it's a theme that's being asked and questions that are being put to uh, the Bulldogs. And this is what Lockie Hunter had to say about it.
4: Yeah, he's, he can, he's become a really good player at covering the ground as well. Um, you know from those from those stoppages he's really good at getting behind the ball i think he leads the league in contested marks um so he gets in some really good positions around the ground so if you can if you can nullify him with the stoppage and get in his way there and stop it right as he's trying to start um that probably gives you the best chance of, of stopping him around the ground with those contested marks yeah i mean i'm sure it's an option It's not something we've spoken about I, I don't actually remember the game you're referencing but i'm sure teams have tried Lots of different things on him in the past um, to try and curb his influence. And and being physical is obviously going to be one of those. You know, you can't just allow him to have a free run over the ground at every point um, and to make him exert as much energy as he can pretty much at every chance. um, Obviously, that can limit his influence at times, but I'm sure we'll go into a few details on game day. Uh,
1: Lockie Hunter on the importance of Max Gorn and whether or not they'll target him physically uh, on Saturday Kate Roffey, the Melbourne President, was also on Jerry Whateley today and uh, was very keen to lavish praise, and rightly so, on Coach Simon Goodwin.
3: Um, we went through that review last year where we, we changed, not the head coach and not sort um, of changing individuals, but we actually went through and said, what do we need as a coaching group here? And we brought in a number of different coaches who added to that. A whole need, I think, as a coaching group, and Simon's benefiting from that now, realising that, you know, it's as president of the club. It's not me. I'm the I'm the director of a board, and I have um, other directors that work with me. So you don't have to do it by yourself. And I think that's a learning process that, um, you know, Goodie's really come to to realise this year, and look where it's gotten us.
1: Kate Roffey on the review last year. Um, sticking with Simon Goodwin, and as she said there, look at where it's got us. And off the text, if the dogs try and belt Max, they will lose by even more. Yeah, I I I get the feeling. I don't know if the dogs will do that. They've seen GWS try to do that a few to them a few times. And see it fail. I'm not sure if that's their go. They may they may surprise us. I won't be surprised if I don't see them try to go on physically. I mean, there will be some physical altercations in a game. It's a grand final. But whether or not they take it to the nth degree that Port Adelaide did, I don't think we'll see that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Robert Harvey, new assistant coach, uh, senior assistant coach at the Hawthorne Footy Club. Um, the latest on Michael Voss as well. And anything else we can squeeze in in the five minutes that we'll have on the other side of this, before uh, the driver's seat.
3: It does it does feel like that uh, a little bit and even my, my sort of dealings with him in the, la- in the last couple of weeks has sort of echoed that to me and, and it just feels like there's a, there's there's, a, there's obviously change there, there's a new way of coming in and it's going to be nice to be a part of that. Um, obviously a new challenge for me, um, having been at Collingwood for 10 years and um, yeah, sort of get, getting to a new place now and a new environment that um, is sort of hopefully on the way up and um, looking forward to being part of that, but to get that opportunity, um, albeit on the back of um, some unfortunate circumstances, I thought made me a lot stronger and saw saw good growth in me as a coach. I, I thought I learned a lot. I knew I sort of sort of knew when I took over that I was I was there was going to be change coming in. So I just saw it as an opportunity. I thought um, you know, I just sort of I, I sort of developed as I went, and, and I found it really. You know, nice to play the younger guys and see see them come through. And uh, I sort of did co- try and coach for the the future of the club. And um, in, in in doing that, I, I just felt like there was really good growth opportunities for myself in that. And I'm really willing to learn and open to learn from Hawthorne as well. Obviously, it's been a great system for a long time. So I'm really eager to to continue my growth and learn from them.
1: St Kilda, dual Brownlow medalist, legend of that club and the game. Uh, well, not official legend, uh, Robert Harvey, but one of the greats of the game. Uh, And a 10-year Collingwood assistant coach, interim coach, after Nathan Buckley and the Pies parted company, mutually uncoupled, um, consciously uncoupled, was that the the line? Not from them, but... Gwyneth. Uh, that's Robert Harvey, who's taken up a position with the Hawthorne Footy Club. So, um, a really nice looking assistant coaching setup that the Hawks have been able to put underneath Sam Mitchell in his first year. So, Andrew Collins, three time premiership player with the Hawks, part of the best fullback line ever. And I am biased, but it is. Collins Langford airs. you're not beating that. Uh, da- David Hale, Adrian Hickmott, uh, and then the re signing of Chris Newman. So, that's a really strong group around a, a first year coach, which is important for any. Um, First-year coach um, from everything that uh, those in the know tell us. Um, and the other big coaching story, of course, is Michael Voss landing at Melbourne Airport earlier today. Uh, he got in this afternoon, flew in from the Adelaide Airport, was door-stopped um, uh, by the Adelaide Advertiser and uh, has come to have some key meetings with Carlton officials. And um, there is talk that possibly there'll be an announcement even as early as tomorrow that Michael Voss will officially be uh, the next coach uh, of the Carlton Footy Club. Um, speaking of the Carlton Footy Club, so Trade Radio is an absolute hit. It's a, run, it's a runaway train. Um, it has fast become the must-go destination uh, for anything trade-related uh, during the off-season. And we launched again today. It'll all start uh, next week, of course. And Steve Silvani is back. And uh, the crew today talked about uh, Adam Chera and exactly what he's worth well,
5: I, I, well he's a first round pick so and if he was to go to Carlton well their first round pick I would think would get the deal done um, whether it's whether Fremantle wanted more um, so but yeah that first pick would have to be on the table
2: So you think it's pick six much else thrown in there that's what the Blues hold right now
5: um, Look there's no doubt Fremantle would want a, b- a bit more but ultimately I think um, if, if he does choose Carlton Scherrer, Carlton are in the box seat
1: there we go. Uh, Mitch Cleary, Steve Silvani, believing that Cartler in the box seat to get Adam Chera and uh, exactly what he is worth. So, Riley Beveridge also gave an update on Adam Chera speaking to uh, SEM Breakfast. Gary and Tim, they're back tomorrow morning from 6. Riley Beveridge doing a very nice job in updating them on all the trade news. Yeah, they're still waiting for a decision. I think I think Adam Chera is still just being respectful of, of Melbourne's position in the grand final and doesn't really
3: want to cause them many unnecessary headaches this week as they they lead up to that grand final against the Bulldogs. So I think he'll make a decision probably next week as to which way he goes. Um, For the way I see it, I think Carlton is still the front runners, and that's simply because they've got the assets to do a trade. They've got pick six, which would be the the centrepiece in any deal for Adam Chera, whereas Melbourne don't have a first-round pick this year. So I think, I think Carlton would still be in the box seat, not necessarily ruling out Richmond just yet either, simply because of the fact that they're another club that has those assets that got a heap of early picks this year.
1: Nobody does trade better than SEN Trade Radio back next week. But Riley Beverage, Tom Morris have been updating us uh, every day this week. So SEN.com.au, Riley Beverage with news on Jordan Dawson, Trent Dumont um, as well as uh, Adam Cherish, Sean Attlee as well and then Tommy Morris with Rory Lobb, Sam petrevsky seaton and so on and so on. SEN.com.au to hear all of that. Um, in other sporting news in the minute that I've got left, um, the Marsh Cup started today. Uh, for the state cricket and uh, WA and South Australia, the first game to start the year. And what a performance from Josh Phillippe. Opening the innings, 137. Mitch Marsh, 111. Six for 352. Uh, with WA and South Australia, could only manage 237. What about Alex Carey? 128 not out. The next best score was Travis Head with 19. Uh, so cricket season started yesterday with our Women Against India and following on today... Um, with um, the Marsh Cup. Hey, thank you so much for all the calls, all the texts. Just a short one for us tonight. The driver's seat is up next, and I'll be back with a four-hour edition of the Sporting Capital tomorrow night, where we will be playing the second half of the 2016 Grand Final and the second half of a final of your choice. Go to our Twitter page to vote. And don't forget the EJ Witten 25-year celebration tonight on 9.